0: From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Today, students from about 150 countries are skipping class with the goal of schooling governments and business leaders the world over. The coordinated youth climate strike is predicted to be the largest environmental action in history, scheduled just a couple days before a U.N. climate action summit in New York City on Monday. In Georgia, a group called Zero Hour Georgia is pulling together a strike and demonstration at the state capitol this afternoon at 2. Its co-executive directors are GSU student Zina Abdul-Karim. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. And Andrea Manning. Hello there.
1: Hi.
2: I'm
0: so well, excited. Thank you for being here on such a busy day for you. Also with us, climate, Georgia Tech climate scientist Kim Cobb back in the studio. Great to have you back with us. Thanks for having me. So, Andrea, I'm going to ask you first. The main organizer of this worldwide strike is 16-year-old Greta Thunberg from Sweden. My observation is many high school students need reminders to turn their homework in on time. So this is must be a huge effort to draw students from across the state. How are you doing it?
1: Um, That's a good question. I think a big part of it is having a good team behind us. Um, So we're able to like, Mm -hmm. yeah, text each other and be like, hey, like somebody get on this, somebody respond to this email. Um, And then on top of that, just, I don't know, I guess just finding different ways that we can um, do schoolwork and do organizing at the same time, whether that is like being on a phone call and maybe trying to do a reading. Um, But one thing I do wanna just like bring attention to Um, it's just the fact that like Greta is great. We love her, but a lot of the organizing behind so many of these movements from not just this month or this year, but just decades, like, from the start of everything, has been from black, brown, and indigenous um, communities. And we just want to give rise to that because we feel like that's not discussed enough. Right? Well, yeah.
0: I'd love to get to that, but just a little bit more about the goals here. Mm-hmm. Besides that, yeah. Zina, the timing of the strike is very strategic. On Monday, world leaders will gather in New York City for the UN Climate Change right. Summit. So the climate change, huge and complex issue. So what what's the main message that you want to send?
2: Um, the main message we are sending is that action to take against this climate crisis is long overdue and that our world leaders need to take this action um, immediately. For the safety of future younger generations.
0: Well, Kim, that's one of the messages of the organizers across the globe. But on the the website for the U.S. organizers, it says decades of inaction has left us with just eleven years to change Mm -hmm. the trajectory of the worst effects of climate change, and cite a 2018 report from the U.N. Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change (IPCC). Eleven years, really, until what? <laughs> yeah. So,
3: I mean, I think it's important to remember that this action should have been taken decades ago, could have been taken decades ago, and that every year that we delay the serious action and urgent action that we need to begin moving towards climate stability is an opportunity squandered and damages that will be higher. And, you know, these these amazing women are right. It's going to land on the frontline communities, uh, the communities of color, low income communities, first and worst. And so I'm, I'm amazed and inspired to see the youth rising today. For climate action.
0: Well, Zina, one of the purposes, as Andrea mentioned, is to focus on environmental justice. This right. is a term that's become really in the forefront in the last couple of years, specifically the intersection of climate change and race. Can you illuminate that a little bit more for yeah, us? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, it's pretty simple. Uh, because minority communities and people of color are the most socially underrepresented as well as socioeconomically underprivileged group of people in America. When the climate crisis reaches its climax, there will be no justice for these minority communities. Mm -hmm. Essentially, we are the first to go. Um, It always comes back to money. Money buys time and safety. And oftentimes these minority communities cannot afford the prices of their own security.
0: Mm -hmm. So, Kim, you say that this is not just about race, but also ethnicity. What do climate change and immigration ethnicity have to do with each other?
3: Yeah, so it's true. All, all that Zena said, I would echo strongly back. That's what the science tells us again and again, that the most vulnerable among us are going to be the most, uh, damaged by climate change impacts and, and displaced, um, paying sometimes with their lives. And so this is not just happening in the United States. It's happening all over the world. And to see that you know, we're calling into the room this, um, this inequity, this profound inequity, it's today is a moral call,
0: if nothing else. Oh Andrea, you and your fellow strikers also want to bring attention to what climate change can mean for people who have some form of disability. So tell us, like, what do melting glaciers or rising temperatures, how do they matter more if if you say are using a wheelchair to get around? Yeah, I mean, um,
1: if we think about it, a melting glacier isn't necessarily going to affect like us right now with the wheelchair. I mean, like, it's not going to melt tomorrow. Um, But it's happening over time and so as the glaciers are melting and as the temperatures are rising um, these vulnerable communities including the disabled community is on the front line of this so as we're seeing these disasters happen um on larger scales um just such as what we've seen in the bahamas and with hurricane dorian and things like that um as we're seeing that happen we have to think about well what about those who are not able to like get, get themselves out of the situation like me Xena, we can walk away from this right. right um but what happens to those who can't um So that is really important that we don't forget that and we don't overlook that and um, that we have plans in place to address that.
0: Kim, in the 15 years you've been teaching, the perception of climate change has changed dramatically. So has the standard in journalism. We used to have to or aim to balance climate change evidence with the argument of climate change deniers. And, you know, even those who said that human beings have nothing to do with it. Now, now we have overwhelming evidence on these points, so it would defy fact-based reporting to 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 say otherwise. So, what is the role of young people like Andrea and Zena in changing the way we think and speak about these kind of issues? Well,
3: it's I think it's nothing short of a revolution what is going on right now. Nothing that anybody would have ever predicted. Um, it, it's injecting hope into those of us who have been on the front lines of this issue, as you say, for decades. And in, in particular, I think that. the the youth movement is something that can really um, bring voice to the vast majority of Americans who are concerned about human-caused climate change. And so they are really able to channel uh, an opportunity for everyone to engage in in demanding climate action, which is really, again, what the majority of Americans support. And so this is um, bringing voices from uh, a few voices into voices of thousands. And uh, again, it's a great thing to be in the studio with them.
0: Kim Cobb with us from... From uh, Georgia Tech. She's a climate scientist. Also, Zina Abdul-Karim and Andrea Manning talking about today's Youth Climate Strike. First, research tells us that public radio listeners like you have a strong interest in environmental issues. And we know that this is probably a conversation that's probably important to you. We'd like you to put a value on that during our fall fun drive. Your support is really what allows us to bring you this show and everything you hear on GPB. So we're asking you to do your part today. Call 800-222-4788 or go to gpb.org and make your play a pledge. I'm Virginia Prescott. Pat Marcus and Tom Barkley are here to tell you more. I'm Virginia Prescott, back with On Second Thought on GPB. Georgia students are joining young people around the world today for the youth climate strike, walking out of class to persuade world leaders to address climate change. That is ahead of the UN Climate Summit coming up on Monday. Two local organizers are college students here with me, Zina Abdul-Karim and Andrea Manning. Also with us, Georgia Tech Climate climate scientist Kim Cobb. Now, Andrea, before the break, we talked about the stated reasons that youth around the world are participating in the climate change strike today. You also have a list of five demands. What's on that list? Yeah, so
1: we're demanding um, a Green New Deal. Um, We are demanding respect of Indigenous land and Um, environmental justice for frontline communities, as well as protection and restoration of biodiversity and implementation of sustainable agriculture.
0: So I'd love to unpack that a little bit. Kim, maybe turn to you. Let's start with the Green New Deal. This is the plan from a group of congressional Democrats to address climate change, calls for the U.S. to transition to 100 percent renewable energy sources in a decade. How feasible is that?
3: Well, certainly it would be a very bold move. And uh, one of the things I think that's so great and important about the Green New Deal is showing a path. Um, that is something to talk about and think about how it could get implemented. Um, obviously, things like putting a price on carbon is an important component of uh, of any kind of federal climate legislation and accelerating that transition. But the main point that the Green Deal is making is that uh, it is possible to enact policies that's going to accelerate our transition away from fossil fuels, and that it's high time that we get some ideas out there. And so the Green New Deal is one of the boldest ones, but there are many other proposals proposals hanging around in Congress right now that could get us on the path.
0: Well, there's a great deal of resistance to the Green New Deal already. What are some of the bold uh, proposals that you're talking about?
3: So there is another pending proposal in Congress right now at the House level that would uh, put a carbon fee and dividend that would basically um, incentivize people to make lower carbon choices, companies to make lower carbon choices, and reap economic benefits. Because right now we don't have uh, the price of climate change embedded in our market in a way that people can um, reflect the value of low-carbon lifestyles and low-carbon business practices, low-carbon transportation systems. And so that is really the way to accelerate this transition. And that's part of what uh, we're talking about today when we demand climate action. Although
0: a number of economists would say we're paying for it anyway. <laughs> that's yes. right. That's the bottom line. Well, protection and restoration of biodiversity, that's a demand on the students list that seems close to your heart. You say people, don't under, the, the, the people should not underestimate the power of planting trees and protecting the ones that already exist. Why?
3: I mean, obviously, we are already part of this ecosystem. And in order to build resilience of human systems, we need an intact ecosystem around us as well. So nature is actually a a strong defense against climate change in many, many different ways for coastal communities, for urban communities, green spaces play an important role in mitigating the most damaging effects. Um, At the same time, by thinking about green-based solutions and nature-based solutions, we can enhance carbon sinks and help them pull CO2 out of the sky at the same time so they're actually a win-win scenario when we bolster the green spaces and natural systems
0: around us Nazina you're planning to take these demands all the way to the UN itself you will be attending the UN Youth Climate Summit in New York tomorrow which is Saturday Correct. what do you what do you and your fellow participants hope to accomplish there
2: um well we hope to accomplish sending the message to our world leaders that they need to take action against this crisis and to demand their responses in this matter. Um, Without it, the lives of future generations are at risk. We are inevitably going to, you know, fail. Um, So we just need, we need their protection.
0: So what is it, you know, you and Andrea, uh, Andrea, I'll put this question to you. You were both remarkably informed. You were young (laughs) activists in high school. What is it that pushed you to become climate activists so young? I mean, part of the power of this, of course, is that future generations are going to be the people living with the effects of climate change. What is it that got you out of your, you know, teenage groove, may (laughs) I ask, and, and got you on the streets?
1: Um, yeah, I guess it, for me, it just came down to, Um, recognizing the full impact of this. Um, So before I really got involved, my understanding of climate issues was that we needed to protect the polar bears and (laughs) um, stop the glaciers from melting. And personally, like I did like small things to um, do my part, but that wasn't enough for me to really get involved and really start organizing. But when I started hearing about how like, black and brown people are at the front line of this when I started like kind of seeing the the different intersections of this issue um, into everyday life that's when I was like okay so the work I'm doing in these other areas it won't matter if in 11 years we're dead so <laughs> I need to get on this today um, and so that's why I got involved um, particularly with Zero Hour that's where I joined um, and you know started organizing in that
0: area. When, If you're talking about making changes on a big international level, where do we begin here in Georgia? Are there things that you've got in mind?
1: Um, I think in Georgia, we just need to start setting the tone for what needs to happen elsewhere. We can't um, expect for, like we can't say, oh, I want, you know, a Green New Deal. I want this, that, and a third. Um, and nobody's doing it. And nobody knows, like, what does this look like? What does this look like in Atlanta? so right. that we can replicate that in Charlotte and we can replicate
3: that in New York. And um, so we need to do that here today.
0: Right. Kim, you want to pick up on that?
3: Yeah, I just wanted to say that I think we can be an amazing test bed for climate solutions. And so that includes both climate resilience, something that our Mayor Keith uh, Lance Bottoms is very uh, adamant about in building resilience around urban climate impacts, Um, through things like affordable housing access, um, but also on the coast, we need to think about what climate resilience means on the coastline and start thinking about conversations and decisions there. But really, the bottom line is we have opportunities to accelerate climate solutions here in Georgia that can scale to to, uh, the rest of the nation. And so thinking about transitioning to a low-carbon economy, for example, we could be the early adopters. We could reap all those benefits. So again, this idea of Georgia as a testbed, I think, is extremely compelling and should be call for all Georgians to get involved.
0: You with your four kids, uh, hoping that they will also become aware of what's going on with the climate. I want to thank you so much, Kim Cobb, for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Kim is a climate scientist at Georgia Tech. Also, Zina Abdul-Karim and UGA student GSU student, right? I should identify this very (laughs) clearly. Zena Abdul-Karim, UGA student, Andrea Manning, co-executive directors of a group called Zero Hour Georgia. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank Thank you you for having us. All right. So, by the way, Kim School will hold a global climate action symposium next Friday, also timed around the UN Summit next week. And Zena will be appearing. Yay! Thank you all for listening to On Second Thought during our Fall Fun Drive. We're just going to take a couple of moments to remind you that it is your support that keeps this program and others going strong and serving all of the community. It's our Fall Fun Drive, that time of year when we ask you to do your part. Here's Pat Marcus and Tom Barkley to tell you how.